Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Oh, welcome to the podcast. Hello. 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 Oh, this is the this is the episode of like what in your body hurts because you're older than 40. <laughs> oh my days. Everything right now. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh my god, what is it about right now where things hurt? Joints hurt. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what this will tell you something? So I was watching a bit of TV. So we're recording at a weird time um than than when we normally do because We've, I I had something on and Anna has very kindly said that she was happy to move the, the schedule. Yeah. So rather than being kind of early morning, midday, then it's kind of late night and I don't know where you are, early, early evening? Afternoon, yeah, late four. Afternoon, yeah. I know, it's so weird. Um, but so I was watching a bit of TV while I was eating my dinner and getting ready to do the podcast. And there was this advert came on for this particular medication, which was all about joint pain. <gasps> <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was talking about how it's um more effective than ibuprofen, it's quicker and it's gentler on your stomach. My ears perked up. So they <laughs> You've become your grandmother. <laughs> this is telling you something, right? Oh my god. But I do have to qualify this because I've woken up this morning and there is something wrong with my neck. Mm-hmm. And I can't move my head from left to right. So I'm like a bit of a pigeon. So Anna and I were just having a bit of a conversation before we came on air about the various things that were hurting inside of our bodies. <laughs> it's a lot. I know. I'm just and used to being indestructible. I know. Yeah. My shoulder. Oh, I know. It's weird. So what have you done to you? I don't, don't know. I think I just slept in an armchair. Like that's yeah. what happens when you're over 40. It just, you sleep yeah. wrong and you break things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on for this. I'm not on for this at all. I feel like a body transplant would be in order. Yes, please. Yeah. Thank you very much. Especially just around the neck and shoulder area. Oh, Thank you. you got it. You've got it. Yeah. You remember all yeah. the dumb stuff we were able to do without any consequences to our body when we were like in our 20s? Do you remember like you could do like a roly-poly? Do you know you know what a roly-poly is? Like a, I, I know what you're saying, like a forward, yes. Forward roll, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I suppose I could in a yoga class very gently on a yoga mat, but even still, the back of my neck would feel it. Well, now you know you say that. So I tried to do one. It was a little while ago now. I'm saying a little while. I'm talking sort of five or six years ago. Uh-huh. It's really, really fucking hard to do a roly-poly when you're growing up. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Just want to tell you that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but anybody who's, I would, I would even go as far as to say anybody over the age of 35, do not try it. I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah. I can't vouch for younger than that because I swear I was probably kind of pushing pushing 35 when I tried it. Yeah. Do not try it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I hear you. Recommended. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. I'm actually thinking about this now. I think I'd even, if I did that, I'd have to have somebody standing by to keep me straight mm. and make sure I didn't fracture my neck. Yeah. But yeah. I did not have such problems when I was younger. No, not mm. at all. I mean, you could practically do it on concrete and still survive. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I tell you. Oh, I could go off on a tangent on okay. this one. I Let's love it. not feel our rage or the pain I right know, now. I know. <laughs> well, it's funny because I always tell folks in practice, right? Like if you don't want to, yeah. like 
if you don't want to feel your age in your intimacy life, just use lube. Like there's no, no such thing as like too much lube. <laughs> you can feel like a 20 year old, just like slather on the lube. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such lube for uh, helping you do a roly-poly, though. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Unless you, like, strapped some pillows to your neck or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. I think stay safe. Stay on the couch, right? Yeah, stay safe. Well, yes. All right. Yeah, but active. My, that's my motto for most things right now. <laughs> I know. Stay safe. Stay on the couch. Well, how about, like, a little bit of gentle Tai Chi and a walking group? There you go. And aquasize in a pool. Yeah, all right. Right, all right. That's like, that's like 40 <laughs> like plus. Like you're on some sort of saga um, advert. Yeah, <laughs> with people who dye their hair purple. Absolutely. Right, okay, yeah. we need to stop now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're too old. All right, so what's kicking at the relationship desk of love? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. So, um, on the relationship desk of love. So, following on from our podcast last week. I came across a lovely little quote, which I thought I would share with you. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. So it says, marriage, a hopeful, generous, infinite, kind gamble taken by two people who don't yet know who they are or who the other might be, binding themselves to the future they cannot conceive of and have carefully omitted to investigate. Oh my God, no kidding, eh? Who don't know who they are and don't know where they're headed. (laughs) Exactly. So I thought, following on from the podcast last week, that was so fitting. That just kind of popped up and I was like, I've got to screenshot that and um, and share it with the nation next week. Oh, I love it. And the nation is listening. I love that so much. It really, like, it's batshit crazy what we do. This marriage (laughs) thing is batshit crazy. But you know what? I still got a little bit excited when I read that. I thought, oh, how lovely is that? How lovely is that? Diving into something you don't even know what you're getting into with high stakes. No kidding. And I'm the type of spontaneous person that would be like, yeah, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) What's the worst that can happen? Are you the person, though, who can kind of jump off a cliff into water where you're like, are you not quite sure how deep Well, no, because I'm terrified of heights. So, <gasps> oh, and I do have like a fear of falling to my death. Mm-hmm. So no, not that. But wow. more so if somebody said like, okay, let's go and um, I've got this chance of like the best round the world ticket. Let's mm-hmm. check a job and go. Mm-hmm. I'd pro- possibly go for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe not round the world, but like Certainly for the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) That sounds good. That sounds Uh, awesome. Oh, that's lovely. Spontaneity there, but not like lifelong risking in terms of throwing myself to my death. No. Yeah. I did once throw myself off the top of a mountain, Parapontin, but actually cried whilst I was doing it. God, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. 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 No. But it it says a lot then that you're a fear avert, like you're you're averse to to, to other risky things, but that marriage, you're like, let's go in. That's really cool. Yeah, maybe that's just the hopeless romantic inside. Love it. I, yeah. I had the occasion to talk in a coaching session this past week about, you know, I quoted our podcast and I quoted you like, mm. you know, despite how insane it is, you know, <laughs> we're still pro. We're, st- we're still sort of like yes. the glass is half full. Mm-hmm. But I think the strongest thing is though, like we all seek a connection. So why... Yeah. And if you're going to have a connection, then why not make it something that you're fully committed to? And there ain't no easy, non-risk way to make a connection like that. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you for that. Mm. That was quite nice. You are welcome. You are welcome. Hmm. Should we do a hot topic? Yes, let's bring it on. Okay. Okay. 
Glinden on his eye there. Like, oh, am I ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, today's hot topic. Should you have daily rituals in your relationship? Ah. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, that's a, uh, it's so funny because like the first thing I'm like, what, like sacrificial lambs? Like, <laughs> like I thought about like, what kind of rituals are we talking about? You can so tell about? it's not eight o'clock in the morning because you would not have come up with that then. I know, I know. I think, I think I'm a bit more feisty into the afternoon. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely feel more feisty. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So rituals. I think I need yeah, a definition here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I did not go down the route of um, sacrificial lambs. Mm-hmm. I went down the route of more kind of. Should you have things that you do as commonplace mm. in your relationship that connect and bond you? So that's kind of what I'm thinking of mm-hmm. when when I hear the word ritual. So it's a bit like um, often when, when we think of rituals, we really think of um, kind of religious things like religious ceremonies. So when we go and we, um, we take the bread and the blood of Christ, that's kind of a ritual. Mm-hmm. We kind of know what we're getting into. We know it's something. It's something that brings us in that scenario solace. It's kind of... It's a connection. We know what it is, and mm-hmm. and there's no th- there's no difference really when we think about relationships. And if we we're gonna have a ritual between us as a couple, mm. what would that look like? What would they be? You know, do do we practice them on a daily basis? Are they mm. on a you know a less frequent basis, but still something that's regular? It's kind of like a com- again. It's, it's that word commitment. I keep talking about. <laughs> Let's Which see. is ironic, really, for, for <laughs> because for years I've gone, no, I'm not really interested in that thing. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's that kind of like there's a there's a set thing that you do at a set point or junction between you as a couple. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe two things, and I wouldn't think about rituals as. So I think about like the couple that plays together stays together, and that is mm. true. But there's a nuance to it because also the couple that has um, space between them is also a yeah. healthy, healthy couple. Yeah. Um, can I take a like a totally bizarre, like something that I heard on a show that I really loved that is Absolutely. only approximately related to this? Okay. So there was something like, you know, biologists used to think that trees in the forest used to compete for each other for sunlight. So competition, mm. what tree can win out, trying to starve other trees of, of sunlight. But what they realized is that trees actually cooperate for sunlight. So they Mm. actually place themselves so that everybody can have something. And when I think about Mm. couples and the amount of time that we want to strive to to spend together versus apart is not competing for each other, not competing Mm. for sunlight and resources and precious resources, but sharing and, you know, that adequate space between trees. Anyways, I just really liked that. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah, no. And we've talked about this interdependency thing before on the podcast Mm. and, and about how actually we are two trees and we're in a structure and we're we're operating in the same space, but we're not physically kind of connected 24-7. Yeah. But I think what sprung up for me there when you were just saying about that, how we're not competing, we're not, um, we're sharing the sunlight, we're sharing the space. When I think about rituals, I think about that as well. So mm. I think about the fact that we want to do something for each other without something in return. Oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not trying to rob something. Like, to create a ritual, we're not trying to steal somebody's time or vie for resources. We're trying to sh- share and... Yeah, but I'm also, I'm not trying to get one up on you. So I'm not trying to... 
So if I, let's take a like really common ritual, which may be to make a cup of tea in the morning. Right. You and I talked about this, you know, yeah. forever for a long time on the podcast. Um, now we're obviously getting less tea in the morning because we're not talking about it. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it is, it's that kind of common thing. So it wouldn't necessarily be that I'm making a cup of tea every morning so that I can say, I always make you a cup of tea in the morning. Uh. And I want to point out and I want to emphasize what I'm doing for you. To me, rituals should be kind of almost that they're, they're kind of unspoken. They're not being done because I want to kind of to have one upmanship or I want to use them as a weapon mm-hmm. in the future because I've got some ammunition in my backpack. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, actually, I genuinely want to make a cup of tea for you every morning and I know how much you oh. would enjoy that. And therefore, that's going to be a ritual I'm happy to to partake in and I'm happy to do when I and when I'm making the tea I'm making it with love and I'm bringing it up and I'm and I'm serving it with love so that's very different to I'm making a cup of tea every day so that I've got something in the backpack when I need to kind of full out you know pull out my full gun and you don't make me anything yeah (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, so so we're not entering into that sort of discussion but you know there are other types of rituals that we can enter into as couples and it's about some of it's about it's about that kind of um ceremony on a kind of low scale but at a at a kind of regular um interval or at a point in time mm-hmm. so things like um i would never you know maybe that you would never let your partner leave the house without a kiss and a hug goodbye mm-hmm. and a kind of you know a, a wish wish you well for the day or good luck with something stressful that's coming up or so you create that that junction that passing that mm-hmm. becomes a ritual. It might be that when you come home from work or come home from dropping the kids off at school, whatever it is, you make time for each other to sit down and to pass the time of day and to to talk about something that might have happened. So you have that shared connection. Mm. Or it may be that we partake in some sort of kind of mutual affirmation where we talk about things that were really um happy about that we've done for each other so it could be anything like a ritual it's yours for the taking Mm. but it is something that bonds you but but it's often something that you look forward to you treasure it's almost like your special time that nobody could take away from you oh I love that because there's one couple that I'm coaching where they have really different interests and that's really Mm. kind of it's it's really getting in the way where one person is really interested in sort of doing their own thing and health and wellness. Mm. And the other person um, is really interested in focusing on parenthood and really leaning in. And the fact that the other is not interested in what they are interested in makes them think like, well, what's wrong with them? Why aren't they partaking? And now uh, the the one partner said something brilliant, like maybe we should create our own tradition, like something that's not neither yours nor mine, but something that we've that we do together that we've never done before. So it's not like yeah. you're coming into my camp and I'm coming into your camp. Absolutely. It's a totally different camp. Yeah. So I that's why I like to think of the ritual that you're how you're describing is it doesn't belong to either of us. It belongs to both of us, which yeah. is cool. It's a shared special time together. Yeah. It's a bit like when you think about Christmas traditions, right? So that's what brings to mind for me. And so you try as a family to kind of create traditions. I mean, the kids just go and spoil it over the years yeah. <laughs> by saying they don't want to partake anymore. Oh, However, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's those sorts of things that that things that you you look forward to, you treasure the treasure the time you look back on fondly mm-hmm. as you think about those shared connections. So you're absolutely right. So it's about saying, OK, what's something new that we could um, we we could partake in together? So it may be 
I don't know, you decide that both of you are really interested in bird spotting and, you know, once a month or every Saturday morning, whatever. I mean, the timescale's up to you guys to decide. But you say, this is what we're going to do. And we'll go out and we'll we'll kind of, you know, we'll get up early doors. We'll um, pack the bag. We'll do the preparation. Mm. You know, so there's a whole host of stuff that you can, you can either kind of make it really big or you can make it really tiny, like the, you know, like the cup of tea or the... 10 minute um check-in at the end of the day or the two minute good night um yeah you know you may decide that actually we're gonna you know we're always gonna have a hug and a kiss for kind of six minutes before we go to sleep which apparently is the optimum time I yeah think. <laughs> yeah so it, it can be anything and it's yours for the taking oh I like that I think it's I'm I'm really starting to explore this because with with couples there's just so much where we really are not similar people <laughs> because when that re- when that spontaneous desire kind of fades away and we're now into like mm. the reactive desire zone we start to realize that the things that brought us together are not often shared activities um and so we're we will often conclude oh we're totally different people yeah. so I think this is like the tiebreaker and this mm. is the sort of creativity that I'm starting to harness with with couples uh, because yeah. then it gets too much into well I don't like the things that they're interested in and they don't like the things I'm not and you know again like the the risk is that you start to kind of hunker down into your own stuff and then you start to spend less and less time together yeah. and absence does not make the heart grow fonder yeah in that way well, you have that total you end up slipping into that transactional that friend zone that flatmate oh relationship mm-hmm. because you've got nothing that binds you together you're not you're not having that connection and we need connection as human beings. Yeah. To create... More so than ever. Oh, oh, you got it. Yeah, so true. Mm. Oh, okay. So yes to, yes to rituals and not like seances. (laughs) Unless black magic is your thing, (laughs) then go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's yours for the taking. Yeah. All right. All righty. Okay. Yeah. Right. Shall we do a question? Yeah, let's take a question. Okay. So we need some listening ears on today, Anna. <laughs> You're like a grade two teacher. I love it. I am. I've got my um, spectacles on, my reading spectacles. Mm-hmm. And um, it is late in the day. My eyes are very tired. But this is a really long one as well. So um, so buckle <laughs> up, right, tune kids. in. Are you ready? Buckle up. Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you truly believe if your spouse does not show you any affection that they really love you? I have tried to tell my husband time and time again he isn't in love with me because he barely shows me any affection. He has changed over the last six years. It's been seven years in April since we've been married. He says he doesn't know why he's changed. I told him we might as well be roommates. Mm, Just mentioned that. (laughs) Because we haven't been intimate in almost three years and I'm ready for a divorce. Oh Oh my God. There's There's so many unhappy bunny there. (laughs) There's one unhappy bunny. And this is stuff that I deal with all the time. Heck, I have lived this personally. This is hurtful, hurtful shit. This Mm. person feels awful and extremely hurt. Yeah. I feel very sorry for this person. I have felt many of these same feelings myself. Where do you think this person is at? Oh, well, I think there's, I think there's a bit of a kind of, the sadness, isn't there? There's definitely frustration in there. Mm. 
Um, there's a kind of, there's a real longing for something to be completely different. Mm. There's also a bit of kind of a feeling of loss, I think, in terms of just not really knowing what's going on. But I also get a sense that the other person doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> That's either. a thing. So yeah. I don't think anybody knows what's going on in this situation. No. But there's just this real kind of unhappiness with this is not where I want it to be. Yeah. This is not how I thought things would turn out. When I took that gamble on marriage, yeah. this wasn't it. Yeah, yeah. And because I've been in this situation, like I know what this feels like to be like, you know, the thing missing in our relationship is affection and intimacy from my partner. Mm. And if only they would change and yeah. start giving that to me, our lives would be perfect. Yeah. Now that's not what the partner feels no. We don't know what the partner feels because they're stonewalling. So they're not completely, you know, without blame because they're stonewalling and they're not engaging. That This couple is not engaging in productive conversation about no. what actually is going on. No, because neither party knows what to do with it. Yeah, it's so true. So they've got the situation. They haven't got a clue what to do about it. So it just keeps going around the houses. And then I kind of get the suspicion that every time they raise it, it doesn't end well and no. we end up with the kind of negativity dance where we kind of both are retreating and it just all goes horribly wrong. Um, and they're self-conscious about it. They yeah, hate this communication then, style. Yeah. yeah. And then they go back to this position of actually the fact that there's still, you know, there's that reference to roommates would suggest that there's still civility there. There's still mm -hmm. some form of connection. There isn't a kind of... I don't think the words at the end that say I'm ready for a divorce, I don't mean they are ready for a divorce. I think it is, you know, that they're still in it, they're still together, there's something there, but they don't know how to get out of it. Mm, you got say. it. Ah. Would you, off the jump, would you work with these people together as a couple or as individuals? Well, I'd love to work with them as a couple, actually, because... There's clearly something going on at both sides. And so to have both of them in front of you and to be able to challenge some of the thoughts and feelings and assumptions that are coming up, I think would be really, really beneficial. Mm -hmm. I think, and you'd get a lot of a lot of real realisation as long as they can both come and and start to open up and you can build that rapport and get that connection to, to tease out some of the situation. Mm -hmm. Because it's clearly a lot going on that's below the surface. I don't think it's just, well, it's never just about sex, right? So this isn't about what's happening in the bedroom. There are other things that are happening outside of the bedroom, probably for both parties. Mm. I don't believe that everything's all hunky-dory in the garden for the, you know, the person that's writing the question. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is just about sex. I think if it was, there'd be some reference there kind of about how everything else is amazing. It is just mm. this one thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that in the question. It's, it's a very detailed question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. not seeing that. So, I I think there's there are if you scratch below the surface, there'll be other things that are going to come out. So I think having both of them in front of you would be very beneficial. Yeah, yeah. I think, and or at least beneficial to just have the couple for a discovery call, just to see how that how that flows. Yeah. Sometimes, um, I do sense that the partner the the partner who's not in the room right now is is stonewalling, and that's that's super hard. There's that's a hard nut to crack uh, if if that's a person's. But, you know, what what brings out stonewalling? So usually if, if somebody is just scared and terrified of confrontation, yeah. 
the person asking the question, bless their socks, they're probably not like the most approachable person. And it's because mm. I've been in this situation. I am. I'm not the person writing this, but I could have written this because that's like. Anna, have you secretly been emailing the podcast? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, mm. like it just feels so familiar to me. Like I'm not getting enough affection. Mm. It's so simple to give me affection. It's my love language. Just give me more of it. How hard could yeah. it be? Yeah. But what I don't realize is how unapproachable and absolutely like toxically like you know pent up and nasty mm. I can be when I'm not getting my needs met so to to start to open up the conversation so what's this what's this little running around the houses thing like somebody like the person asking the questions will blow up yeah freak out you never do this you never do that I'm unhappy whatever and it shuts the partner down yeah and this then the everybody retreats that goes on yeah correct yeah yeah and then we get back into it and then we kind of start to think well we can't leave it like that and so that person kind of reaches out and tries to have conversation and then the other one's feeling hurt so they take a bit of time and back off and then yeah by the time they're ready to come back to the party the other one's withdrawing and it's just a bit of a shit show really yeah it totally is but there is something on both sides so there are needs that are unmet on both sides it's not just that there's an unmet intimacy need on, mm-hmm. you know, let's call them partner A. Yeah. There's something on partner B because we don't stonewall for nothing. You're right about there being a fear. There might be a fear about the immediate situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm terrified of what's expected of me. But I don't think that's the fear. There's something else below that, which is a fear often when we've got stonewall and it's that I can't speak up. I can't say what I need. I can't say what I want. So instead, I'm going to kind of shut down. And I'm going to totally retreat because I actually don't know. I'm physically paralyzed inside. It's almost like somebody has stolen my voice box. It's true. Mm. It's true. And, you know, and then the partner, you know, writing would be like, well, what? I'm an open book. I'm so approachable. Just tell me everything. But that's not totally true. But yeah, and you're not approachable. If you are kind of coming from a place of defensiveness or attack, then you're not really approachable. You just kind of think you are, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's so true. It's so I'm true. I'm lovely. I'm a pussycat. <laughs> yeah, no, and I know I'm not a pussycat. So yeah, no, totally. Yeah. You know, and I asked you, I, you know, the thing is, so I think because I am this person, not the exact person, but the kind of person who would write this email, I think it's actually really important to work with me because the person asking this question has it in their gift to be able to be a tiebreaker here because mm. a lot of the energy I realize I, I own it is coming from that this question asker the a yeah. lot of the energy well I think you've got the ability haven't you to there's two things that are here so one is there's a real strong desire to do something about it and if you can unlock the compassion in the person that's asking the question mm-hmm. you've then got the ability to turn the situation around mm-hmm So here's the unlocking of compassion. So I have lived for 18 years thinking that my husband is just a mean person. Mm. Uh, I have now in the last three weeks realized it's not that at all. (laughs) So there's such a thing as like, it's called Hanlon's razor, which is never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. So Mm. I have realized that my compassion is unlocked to realize that Somebody isn't doing something to hurt you. They're doing something because they don't know what else to do. And they, they don't know another way. Kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, but because we don't know another way, or we've never experienced it, or don't know how to do something, I wouldn't necessarily say that it makes us feel be, be be kind of stupid. I think that's slightly harsh. There's a few things. 
But I think okay. we could say that our partner's done. Like, like you've got to be stupid not to know that that's just like such a boneheaded <laughs> well, thing to do. <laughs> but have you though, right? So like, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate, right? So if somebody mm-hmm. never tells you that in order to cross the road, you need to look left and right mm-hmm. and press, you know, press the button and wait for the for the green man or I don't even know if that's a universal thing. I think it is. Yeah, um, we've got white men. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, you know, to wait for the indication that it's safe to cross, then... If nobody ever teaches you that, then, and you every single time run across the road, somebody else may look at that and go, well, they're stupid. You don't just run out in front of cars. Mm. However, if we've never been told that this is the appropriate action to take to cross the road to keep safe, then that just means that we didn't know what to do. So Yeah, that's true. We, we haven't experienced that. We're not educated in that, in that way or that situation. Yeah. It It is true. And I, I, there's just so much that we leave open to unspoken. Yeah. I was also reading something else because I'm trying to, again, unlock sulking. So sulking is an interesting way of trying to get what you need with just saying my partner should know. I shouldn't yeah. have to tell them. Yeah, yeah. So um, apparently this all um, originated in the Renaissance in terms of like, who is the poet who is like, who is all about like, you know, just you should be able to gaze into one's eyes and sort of mm. know their soul and their deepest desires. And that's just horseshit. Like before then, we would actually <laughs> use our words and just say, this is what I need. This is what I don't. Yeah. So for several hundred years, we've been under this illusion that the person who loves us and is suited to us will know what we want before without even words being expressed. The telepathy or something like that. Yeah. So I think that's the thing that drives this assumption that somebody is a malicious person because they're not giving them what they want and they should know what that is but it's a viewpoint that we're taking though isn't it so we're saying Mm. we're viewing it from our position to say there could be no other possible answer other than the fact that they're just being downright mean because they haven't given me what i want Mm -hmm. and there's Mm -hmm. nothing in that sentence that's about the other person all of that is about me i'm not getting what i want they're not doing as I think they should do. Totally. They are damn right mean because they are not responding to my sulky behavior. <laughs> yes. And I have like, lived under this illusion for years. But And when you turn that on its head, right, like yeah. then be the other partner. So the other partner's going, I haven't got a clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. They've been in this mood. They're really sulky. They're really offhand. That I'm getting the cold shoulder. I, I have not got a scooby-doo about what to do next. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay low for a bit and I'm going to hope that it all goes away. And I have a bunch of my needs that aren't being met, but I wouldn't dare even talk about that. Not and I'm right deeply now. resentful that it's always <laughs> their and needs why and is not it my always, needs. Yeah, why is it always yeah. no, your needs that need to yeah. be met? Yeah. If only you would know, I have a whole bunch of needs and I haven't even told you. Yeah. <laughs> which is also somewhat problematic. But yes, absolutely. So, you know, there is a there is a philosophy that says actually none of us do anything maliciously and if we can assume positive intent in every situation. Yeah. Putin is like totally off the list right now on that one because I genuinely can't get my head around that one. But anyway, yeah. we're not going to go That's antisocial behavior. That's yeah. not a But, you know, well generally person. the the people that we connect our lives with are, are you know, generally people who um have you know got similar values blah 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 all the things that we talked about Mm -hmm. so if we assume that they are coming with a positive intent how does that then change the narrative 
around where we're at and some of the situations that we're in if Mm. we take away it's not even I guess assuming positive intent it's taking away that blame that kind of selfishness that meanness that we Mm. automatically assume the other person's trying to do they are out to get me yeah (laughs) yes if we remove that shit from the conversation what are we left with we're left with some alternatives You've got it. And I think that's the thing that like has just finally like broken the tie for me is to realize Mm. like just the simple act of like, what if your partner was not acting out of maliciousness? Yeah. And just was doing their very best. Yeah. That really diffuses the energy. It takes, and that's, that's oftentimes just, it doesn't fix something, but it takes away some of the energy and it starts to allow you to look at things a bit more objectively. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So get you. I know. I'm growing as we speak. Well, I I have I've had a few tough weeks here. So (laughs) in my relationship with the attempt to keep it together by living apart. Yeah, no, it's been rough. Mm. Yeah. And and like, it's, it's amazing how like one person and it's like, my needs aren't being met. And the other person keeps either denying me of what I need Mm. or intentionally trying to hurt me by doing boneheaded shit. And it's just my my realization is like, neither of us mean to hurt each other so yeah yeah, it's a so breaking the stone wall is super hard it's super hard but I guess in a couple sense in a couple sense what how would you start off if you had both parties in the room it's exploring the situation so how you know what is it that's coming up for you how does that make you feel what is it you'd like to to happen instead how would you like things to be different And having that space, that ability to be able to say your piece free from interruption, free from um, fear that the other person may just walk off or whatever other negative patterns you go into during difficult conversations, Mm. because that's what happens, right? So we then go, actually, I can't kind of raise it again because I know I know what's going to happen. It's generally the words that we get. I know how it's going to play out. So we can't trust the other person. We can't trust that it'll be okay this time. So having that space, that ability to have the conversation and free from any interruption or, you know, any negative, like defensiveness, anything else that might come up. And so I I think that real space, there's something about exploring then the barriers. So what is it that is blocking us from having that healthy communication and that healthy connection? Mm. I'd also explore where what areas are good in the relationship, because generally we're really good at pointing out all the rubbish stuff that's mm-hmm. that doesn't work and we wish was better but you know what else is going on that's quite positive because I've obviously they've been in it a little while now and they haven't separated there's something unless it's total fear of the outside world without each other what else is it that's keeping them together I you know because I've had the cycle myself I can say that like for weeks if not well okay let's just say weeks at a time like, it's probably the reality that you function really well together. You you make a good home together. You tackle tasks together. You're actually probably emotionally there or, you know, like you support each other in work. Of course, there's the whole, like, if you're in kid zone, then it's just like, yeah. this is the, the time warp, the black hole of kid zone. So there's probably weeks that go by where you just are cooperating on a day-to-day basis on a, on, in, a, in a very good fashion and it doesn't even come up. And then, and then the resentment and the, uh, that mm-hmm. frustration starts to build up again. But the question is, though, is that is that enough? So what I'm hearing is that this person has in their mind a few bags, divorce bags packed. So like they are thinking about this not being enough, like somehow well, the, the need for are affection they, is. 
Or is that the cry for attention? So that bit that goes, I can't stand it any longer. I want a divorce because they can they cannot see any other alternative. There's only black and white. There isn't. I'm either in or I'm out because I don't know how to do the bit in between that involves a little bit of work to get us to where we yeah. feel a little bit happier. So are there, are there bags really packed or is that a, I want to shock you enough so that you will do something because this is on you, not on me? Probably a combination. Mm. And, and if you left this for too long, that the person would eventually leave. Mm. Yeah, most would. Everyone's yeah. got a breaking point, so I'm not saying that. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that you write a question and you ask a question... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you see that the bags are packed I, I, you know I've no doubt that the, the thought has not crossed their mind however mm-hmm. they're really ready to leap would be my question I think there's enough people who find themselves in the situation where there's a lot of sort of false starts and yeah. big words uh, but yeah. eventually eventually so it's hard to say is this the time or is yeah. it going to be next year or yeah. five years from now yeah and the question is then what would stop you from what would make it unpack the bags? What would stop you from yeah. walking out and just leaving it and saying, actually, this this time, our time is done? Right. And and in this situation, what I would offer is like, if you could see just a little glimmer of a change, just, yeah. just a tiny way in which you and your partner approach the same junction that you've approached a thousand times before, and it just, yeah. sh- it just shifts and it's just a bit different. Yeah. Maybe not even positive, but just different. Wouldn't no, different it's what be... would give you the slightest glimmer of hope? Yeah. Something That's what different. You're looking for. Yeah. 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 Anything different. Mm. This is where um coaching helps because to have a referee in the room is really mm. important. Just like you're mentioning, right? Like to give each other the space Equal to be able space. to speak for yeah. one minute without any interruption. Nobody has spoken without interruption without a referee present. And that can be a mm. huge thing that coaching can help with. Yeah. Especially also with a stonewaller. So the thing about a stonewaller is they don't want to talk. They're, mm. they're scared. They're also, they've got their own unmet needs and they've just already assumed how things, oh, well, they're just going to say this, whatever, they're going to shut me down or they're going to belittle me or they're going to say that's not important. So as a coach, you're able to hold space to say, no, it's your time to talk. You've got the yeah. talking stick now. And yeah. you can also referee the other person to be like, hey, are you listening? I, you know, you know, sometimes I've worked with couples where the person who usually stonewalls starts to speak and that's a time as a coach, I'm able to really get in there and just be like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm hearing this. Hey, are you hearing what I'm hearing? Because yeah. I feel like maybe we've heard something for the first time, even mm. though we've heard the words 50 billion times before, but we're actually now finally listening with our ears open yeah. in a different way. Yeah. I feel like these guys need referees <laughs> for sure. I think yeah. there's times in our in all of our lives where we need a referee, right? None of us are immune to these situations. Mediators. I mean, exactly what's going on in, in Ukraine. Like that's. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter how long in the tooth we are, how long we've been together, how much experience we've got, how many troubles we've battled through. There will be certain things that come about you on the arse that you just simply cannot see eye to eye on and you really, really struggle with. Yeah. I think in this case, I think I, that's like the big validation because like, this person is writing in with something that's super hard. And mm. I know that they know that they should be more mature and they sh- they've they heard communication a billion and one times, but they're just like, I don't know how I can sift through my hurt and yeah. resentment and start to make the first steps when I've never seen any action back. Why would I do but, it now? And there lies the, the nub though, right? So it's like, how can I heal myself enough 
to be able to then come at the situation with more curiosity more compassion and more empathy for the other person I think for this you have to exit the fishbowl so either you hire somebody that helps Mm. to sort of give you that grounding or Mm. you find some new hobbies that you can actually get a lot of what you're looking for from your partner from somewhere else or you move out of the country and try to work out that way (laughs) (laughs) I'd try to I'd probably start a hobby first (laughs) uh it's actually it's really rocky guys it's I don't know it's (laughs) it's a it's a gamble and right now it looks like um what's a stock price that's kind of having a trouble right now anyways I don't know (laughs) yeah well there's definitely one going on in Russia (laughs) right exactly exactly right so I don't know if I would gamble like the whole house and all my chips, mm. but yeah, definitely mixing it up because the person who's writing the question needs a lot of TLC and needs mm. a lot of what they're looking for from somewhere. So, yeah. you know, whether that's leaning into family or friends, getting a, a great new dress, a great new haircut, something that makes them feel great, mm. gives them that boost of confidence that they're looking for from their partner. Yeah. Just standing on their own two feet a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But none of this is easy. Oh, gosh, no. None of it is. But the stuff, I guess, that is worth it. Yeah, I think it really is. Um, We were having some discussions at the weekend about just kind of relationships in general and the bonds and how things do change over time. And Mm -hmm. there's a real richness if you can get beyond some of the kind of common confrontation challenges that come up. If you can get beyond that, there's a real richness. And, you know, we talked about daily rituals and connection and it's kind of what we all seek and want and we want to feel loved, desired and connected to another human being. Yeah. And the reality is the person who you're enemies with and behind a cold wall, you know, at the end of the day, like this person, this is the same person that you felt so connected to seven years ago. They're the same person. And if you're able to dismantle part of the wall, you'll see, wow, okay, I really see you and you're the same person. It is kind of, it's, if you if you can start to see each other on the same team as opposed to on opposite teams, like you really recognize and pat each other on the back for what you both have come through. Because it is yeah. really cool to come through stuff like this. Yeah, it is. It's like whitewater rapids. You feel like you're going to die. <laughs> you can't possibly make it through. And when you do, you're like, holy shit, we've, we've survived. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Look at us. Yay us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully as a planet, we'll be able to say that come summertime and be like wow we survived yeah absolutely Mm, yeah oh nice well thank you to that person asking the question that was a great one yes it was um yeah i'm loving the in-depth questions with lots of details yeah in-depth questions go for it keep it coming yeah yeah share more (laughs) yeah absolutely all right so it just feels super weird recording at this time i have to say i'm loving it but what are you gonna do now Well, yeah, yeah, I'm in two minds now. It's kind of, is it, I'm on the cusp of bedtime or not. And Mm. given I had four hours sleep last night, yeah, I should probably be going to bed. Yeah. 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 Maybe there's a Love is Blind episode. Well, there's got to be something to watch. I've just started watching this program. I can't believe I missed a drama on TV. I mean, that is not like me. Oh. I must have been snoozing the day that was um, advertised. Mm -hmm. But it's called The Jury. Oh. So for anybody in the UK, it's on um, ITV, it's on ITV Player, whatever, kind of mm-hmm. digital download you can get. I've just started watching it. And it's about this murder case and the jury are there trying it. 
And I used to always think when I was younger, God, wouldn't it be super exciting to be on a jewel? <sighs> I would be terrified now. I would, mm-hmm. it's the last thing I would want. I'm touching wood, universe, please do not bring me this. I'm not asking for it. Mm-hmm. To be called up on jewelry duty. Mm. You've got somebody else's life in your hands and mm-hmm. you've got like two really persuasive people who are trying mm. to convince you that they're true. And um, like you haven't got all the evidence to read. You, you've been presented with whatever picture they want you to hear. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it'd be terrifying. Is this a Brit drama? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. know. Do you get like, I, I don't know. We do you... get a lot on Netflix. Yeah. I love Brit dramas. Like there's nothing better yeah. than a good, oh, there's like... It's way better than American dramas. Like, <laughs> damn. So yeah, I good. think you get much better things on Netflix than us, but you're right, maybe. No, but in Canada, we don't get great it? stuff either because we're... Uh, uh, okay. You've yeah. got the, the, the worst of both worlds then. <laughs> I know. We're like the ugly stepsister of like, I don't know, nobody cares oh. about us. So funny. My husband was like, oh, there's this movie coming out on Netflix. Hey, it's a Canadian film. I looked and it was like, it's not available on Netflix Canada. What do you no do? So I had to way. go to New York to watch a Canadian film. I was like, something <laughs> shit is going on in the world, man. Uh, anyways. Yeah, that's great. Film. Screwed up. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well, yeah, so. I'm going to continue to watch a little bit of that. I'm going to have peppermint tea. I'm going to get my pajamas on. I'm going to dive into bed. Dive into bed. You do yeah. it. What about you? You do it. Oh, I have, um, I actually have an evening clinic. I'm going to start just now. Oh, okay. It's all remote, but I'm going to, yeah, talk to a bunch of patients, which I think will be very nice. Good for you. You are going to positively impact somebody's life tonight. Or solve some bladder infections. A lot more than I can say, as I'm just going to watch some shit TV. Oh, uh, no, I mean, so go you. yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Like, sometimes I'm like, can I, can I get a note for like, because you know how many we're at, we're being asked for a lot of notes for travel, right? So if you've been infected uh, with COVID-19 in the last 90 days, yeah, the airlines and countries will give you a pass from having to get a, a $200 PCR test. So a bunch right. of people are asking their doctors for notes right. to verify that they had COVID so they can travel and be uh, exempt from COVID testing. Um, and that makes me feel like I just went and saved and, uh, you know, wasted 12 years of my life in training. But well, yeah, you're that, just being used and abused there, really, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. who's smart? It's always like, get a doctor's note. I'm like, yeah. no, we, we have to stop getting doctor's notes. People. Yeah, no, I can, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, mm. hopefully some bladder infections to, to well, solve. Yes. Yes. Or Make erectile dysfunction. Happy. I do like that, that good old evening call for like, can I refill my Viagra? I'm like, yes, sir. Here's 20 refills. Go nuts. Cardiovascular health. Loving it. (laughs) Okay, you can go and fix the world's problems. Yes, we'll do. Okay. All right. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.